two. The week before, the week before Rod shared an awesome word. Bless Rod and Sue. Already in Texas, driving a Ford. We've just been so blessed. And I just felt I needed to tidy something up today with some things. And there's just, so there's just two verses of Scripture that I want to share with you today. Two verses of Scripture. Um, two verses of Scripture that relate to the ancient paths. Because I believe that we are in a time, and we've been saying this for some time. Oh, the older kids are going out to do something. The younger kids that uh, stay in day. They're doing secret business out there, I think. Relating to uh, ancient paths. We're in a time we're in a time of restoration. And I think that in the midst of everything, we always have to see what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is doing. Is there an amen to that? Because everything else wants to fill our minds and our thoughts with all kinds of other stuff. And I know, because I get people send me stuff all the time through the week, and if I actually read too much of it, I feel my head gets really heavy. I actually can't think. And I just need to kind of get rid of some of the stuff, you know, that people are sending me about what's happening or not happening in the nations and all this kind of stuff. And I just need to come away with God and I just need to just, I just need to hear what he's saying. It, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not interested. It doesn't mean that I'm not in prayer. It doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, but um, I just got to get away with Jesus. Amen. In Acts 3, it says, in verse 19, it says, repent. That's a good word, isn't it? Who likes the word Repent. Oh, we should all love the word repent because it is a turning to God. It is a, it is a changing the way we think. It is a changing of us from the inside out. Amen. So repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out and that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Woo! Who loves, oh, who loves seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm going to get sidetracked. It's just like the prodigal son turning back to the father and he'd started, but then the father saw him in the distance and the father ran. There was a turning back. There was just a decision of turning back and the father ran and made the way. And there was times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. So we turn and there's times of refreshing from his presence. Anyway, that's not what I was talking about that he may send Jesus, whom um, has been appointed for us, uh, for you, as the Messiah. Heaven must re receive him until the time of restoration of all things. Heaven must receive him. Heaven, heaven must receive him until the time of the restoration of all things. When the Father says, it's time to go and get your bride. Heaven must receive him until that time. We are seeing things being restored, and I said, you've got you've to have God's perspective in things. You've got to have God's perspective in all things. That's what wisdom is. The sons of Issachar, they not only knew the times and the seasons, but they knew what to do. That is the wisdom part. And most people can see the times and the seasons, but they, but they don't know what to do in those times and seasons. And we need that wisdom, amen? Because the new things, the new things are actually the ancient things. 
The new things are actually the restoration of the ancient things, amen? Just like a couple of weeks back when I shared um, about the wineskins, that God gave me a revelation because I used to, you know, when I was growing up and, and, and stuff, I used to think wineskin, once it's used, chuck it away, it's no good. Give me the new thing. Give me the new thing. And I was always looking for the new thing until God spoke to me and he said, I want to show you something else about the wineskins. You know, they didn't always just chuck out the old wineskins, which I shared a few weeks ago. They actually would renew them. They would wash them. They would take them down to the river or wherever and they'd give them a good washing. And then they'd soak them in oil. Because the oil makes them pliable again. And the Lord is washing his bride with the word and he's soaking his bride in oil to make us more pliable. So the new things are the restoration of the old things. Is there an amen? So the two verses I want to read to you, the first one is a, is a verse that I've held dear for many, many years, and the second verse is a, dear, um, is a verse also that I've held dear, but God has been speaking to me on it over the last few weeks. In Jeremiah 6.16, and it's funny, Cheryl shared it the other night, and other people have been sharing this verse, and I'm always listening for when the same verse keeps popping up in different places, because God is highlighting it. And it's in Jeremiah 6.16, it says, this is what the Lord says, stand by the crossroads, stand at the crossroads, and look, and ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest. What a verse. Stand at the crossroads. Not just a fork in the road, but the crossroads. And ask for the ancient paths. Ask, ask for the ways of God. Because when you ask for the ways of God and you walk in the ways of God, you will find rest. Amen? And in the midst of all the stuff in our world... There is a rediscovering of the ancient paths. There is a rediscovering of the ways of God. Amen? You know, that verse means so much to me because of the way God highlighted it to me. And I'm sorry for those people that have heard this before, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but there are some people that haven't. But 20, 20 years ago, I had six months where the Lord just sat me in my lounge room and I did nothing. Well, I did something. I had a shower and cooked a barbecue and took the kids to school or picked them up from school. But you know what I mean. I did nothing. And I sat in his presence. And I was very fidgetive at first because I, I, I didn't like sitting still. I just wanted to go, 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 go. And I was in this time of sitting in his presence and I was learning, really learning how to hear his voice really learning how to be still and know that He is God. And one day He said to me, Tim, I want you to go and do some gardening. And I'm like, I don't do gardening. Bonnie does the gardening. But He was insistent. I said, I, I just want to sit here in the lounge room and pray and worship. He goes, no, 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 I want you to do the gardening. So I did the gardening. I went outside and I looked out the window and I wondered what I was meant to do. And I saw this garden bed that was dirt and it flowed onto the grass 
And I had just, and I saw a spade, and I thought I can grab the spade and I can redo that garden edge. So that's what I did. I got the spade, I put it in the dirt, and I hit it, and I hit something. Three times I moved the spade, and I hit something every time. And I was like, "What is in this grass?" Because to me, it was just grass. So I thought, I need to uncover what is there. That's what I was feeling. So as I was digging into it, you know what I found? I found an age-old path. Covered over by the dirt and the grass. The house was built in the 1950s, so I'm guessing it's probably 50, how long? It's, it's 50 years of stuff covered over that backyard. And I found this brickwork that was there for years. And I uncovered it and I raised it up again so it was seen. And in that moment, the Lord said to me, okay, son, now go and read Jeremiah 6.16. I had no idea what Jeremiah 6.16 was until I went into my lounge room and I opened the Word and I read that verse, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And I think in the busyness of this world and the many voices and everything that is happening, I think we are in a beautiful time to see the restoration of the ancient paths. Because we walk to a different beat. Amen? There is a river of grace. There is a river of mercy that is flowing and we just walk into that. It really spoke to me. Because then I watched the Cars movie. And yes, God speaks to me through movies. There's been a lot about the Marvel movies lately. And it was interesting, I was talking. I didn't realise this. Have you ever watched a movie and you really see it as a prophetic thing that it really speaks to you? Okay, only five of us. Wow, I thought we'd be probably more. Did you know... In California, because I was speaking to a friend of mine in the States during the week, his brother is high up in Hollywood. And I didn't realize that. He said, Look, he said, you know, these movies, the Marvel movies and the other movies and stuff. He said, My brother knows the people that have written the scripts and all that kind of stuff. He said, You know, they have dreams. And these movies are written from a dream. I'm thinking, No wonder they speak. No wonder we watch a movie sometimes and it's like, wow, that is just like God is speaking because they come from dreams. Anyway, sorry, long, long story short, Cars movie, the guy who wrote the Cars movie wrote it out of his own life. He was so busy with life that his kids went from being 6 to 16 and he never spent time with them. And his wife said to, to him, we need to go and have a family holiday because you have just missed your children growing up. Because he was busy writing all these movies. He was busy doing all the scripts. And so they travelled Route 66. He had childhood memories of travelling Route 66 with his parents on a holiday. And you know, holidays nowadays are destination focused, aren't they? I'm going to... Brisbane, I'm going to Tasmania, I'm going to America. They're all destination focused. But years ago, the journey was the holiday. And so he took his family on a journey through Route 66. 
and they visited every town and they visited all the people and stuff. And over the period of time, his family went from being separated to being like this again. And so the movie of the cars of Lightning McQueen, when he was so win, 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 and he didn't care about people, to learning how to receive people and actually learning how to love people is actually the story of the guy's life. That's this story. This is Jeremiah 6.16. The ancient paths, learning how to not be so destination-focused and event-focused, but be more presence-focused and present-focused. Do we get that? Presence, as in the presence of the Lord, but present, meaning that you're with the people that you're with. You see, we often get in society, oh, it's, um, it's uh, nearly 12 o'clock, oh, no, um, I've got to go to another meeting, oh, I've got to go cook lunch, or I've got to go, got to go, and we're just not present. And God is saying, will you simplify your life? Will you simplify your life? Will you come aside from the things of the world that are, that are good but not God? Well, not all the things of the world are good. No, don't tell me, <laughs> sorry. But you know what I'm talking about. Things that seem good. But God is saying, will you simplify? Will you simplify that you will just be present in my presence, but will you be present with one another? Amen? We have to declutter some things. You see, the context of this verse of Jeremiah 6.16 is that they were a people that were doing their own thing. In fact, the verse says that they were disobedient people. And as a result of their disobedience, they were being pressed on every side. And the Lord said to them, now stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Unfortunately, they said, we will not walk in it. But for us, we go, we want to walk in it. Amen? We want to walk in it. So I just want to say this according to that verse. What if we stop being so destination focused? What if we stop being in such a hurry and we started appreciating the journey? What would happen? What if we started appreciating the day-to-day with God and the day-to-day with one another? Is there an amen? What if we stopped being so event-focused and started being more presence-focused and people-focused? What if we, what if we prioritised time with Jesus and time with people? What would happen? What if we realised that we've been born again? Did anyone realise? Anyone here been born again? What if we realise that we've been born again? Then that we are born again into Christ, that we are loved, we are accepted and secure, we are anointed, we are spirit-filled, we have everything that we need. What if we realise that? You know, that time in my life when it was like God said, I just want you to be still and just know that I'm God. I'm like, well, how am I going to earn money? And he said, I will take care of that. Ooh, okay. That's what we did. And he did. Somehow two plus two equals nine. In the kingdom of God. Well, that's what it seemed like. 
What if we recognize that we need each other? I love the stories that we've heard today. Neil's testimony, other people praying with him. You know, Jason, Mary saw something. Other, you know, the, the one another's. What if we recognize that we really need one another and that we're not called to be independent? What if we got the, the order right? What if we were known as worshipers first and foremost? And I'm obviously not just talking about singing a song. What if we were known as worshippers because David was known as a worshipper before he was a warrior and before he became king? What if we didn't leave everything for someone else to do? You know that person that's always in a group of people? Someone else? Oh, someone else will do that. I've always wanted to meet someone else. Are they a male or a female? <laughs> because, man, someone else gets spoken about a lot. I just really want to meet them. Who? Oh. What if we took God at who? Oh. What if we took God at his word? What if we took God at his word? What does his word say? Take, take the land, occupy the land, make disciples of nations, multiply until he comes. What if we took him at his word and said, you know what? It's time to multiply. We blessed Uganda with some rabbits. Well, what about we breed spiritually like rabbits? I missed that comment, but it was funny. You got 11 grandkids spiritually. Isn't that what they did in the early church? They were breeding like rabbits. The Lord, well, it says in my Bible, and I don't know what it says in yours, but the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Not about you, but that's what it sounds like to me. The second verse I want to share with you today is in 1 Corinthians 4. Let the little children come to me. May we become like little children. The second verse is in the light of that the scripture I shared three weeks ago about Malachi, about the hearts of the fathers turning to the children and the, and the children to the fathers. There is a ministry of Elijah in a sense, that is happening. John the Baptist did it before Jesus, and there is a ministry happening to turn hearts before the coming of Jesus again. Amen? And I just read this verse the other day in a whole new context. Do you realize the treasure that we've got around us? Obviously, Jesus is our ultimate treasure. But do you realize the treasure that is in each and every one of you? Sometimes we don't appreciate each other enough. I don't think. Just take a look around you. Go and, I, give you I, I even give you permission. You can stand up and you can have a look around. Just have a look at around of the people. Have a look at the people that have encouraged you. 
Have a look at the people that have spoken into your life. Have a look at the people that have prayed for you. Have a look at the people that have laid hands on you and you've been healed by something. Just have a look. Just have a look. Because one of the aspects of the ancient paths is this verse in 1 Corinthians 4. Because the language of Scripture is family, isn't it? The Father sent His Son. Yep. We're born again. We become sons. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. There are, there are mothers and daughters. There are fathers and sons. The language of Scripture is family. And Paul says this. Oops. In 1 Corinthians 4, he says, in verse 15, he says, For you have countless instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You know, we're in a transitional moment. I really believe we're in a transitional moment. That God is transitioning us, positioning us for the more. Does anyone else believe that? Okay, we may need to encourage each other a bit more in that regard. God is positioning us for the more. This verse of Scripture has been really deep in my spirit over the last few weeks because I've shared little pockets of stuff on and off the last few weeks. In the Greek, it says you, you have countless instructors. Some translations use the word supervisors. But, what it, but in the Greek, it actually means a child leader. How do you lead children? How do you lead children? You can say by example, and there's, there's some truth in that, but there's a lot of other stuff that we need to do as well. Yeah. Because... Depending on what age the kids are, they could just go all over the place. What's that? You reckon? <laughs> but often children just need to be reminded and told what to do a lot of the time, don't they? So they, they have a great imagination in some ways, but yet in another way, they need to be reminded about what to do. Is that a fair comment? But then he says, but you've become many fathers. Uh, sorry, um, but you don't have many fathers. What, is, what does a father do? Snuggles. Yeah, I like snuggles. A father is a, yeah, a teacher. A father is a nourisher. A father shores up the identity. The mum has a role and the father has a role. The father shores up the security and the identity of the child to know that they are loved. That's the father's part. They're a nourisher, they're a teacher, they're a protector. They're a protector. But you know, there, there comes a time when in the role of fathering that you have to change, isn't there? So I was thinking about Nick today. Nick was like singing a song. He was singing some words. 
One of the things that's, that's happening is there's, we are coming to a place of a real mobilization. And we're blessed by what we've seen so far, but there's so much more to come. Amen? And this whole fathering thing has been just wrecking me of late. Can I use you as an illustration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. you know, when your son, when your son grows up, you, you do, and it doesn't stop, you do anything for him, don't you? There's no parent that wouldn't do anything for their, for their kids, you know? But there comes a point that you actually have to let them grow. And part of the, the growing is that you need to give space for them to grow. Now, I remember when Nick went down to Tassie, he was um, 18. So we'd moved up here, um, but Nick said, I feel like God's telling me to go home. And I'm like, oh, like you know, back to Tassie, I'm like, oh, no. But, but the father said to me, he said, it's okay, I've got him. And so straight away I went, okay, God's got him. Why am I sharing all this? I'll get to the point in a minute. But I remember going down to Tassie and visiting him and he still needed his dad in various ways. And then he found his bride. They got married. Their own house. I'm talking spiritually now though. That, you know, for the son to prosper, the dad needs to get out of the way. Because if I'm here, he lives in my shadow the whole time. Doesn't he? There comes a time in a parent's life, in the natural, where you have to actually get out of the way because you've got to give them the space to grow. And it's the same spiritually. And, I've, and, I, and so when, when I see Nick begin to step forward and start to do stuff, my heart just goes, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah? There's such a delight. There's no competition. There's no jealousy. There's, no, there's, 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 there's nothing of that. The Father's heart is rejoicing. Just as God's heart for us is rejoicing when we start to step out in faith and trust and obedience, did you know that He rejoices over us with singing? Did you know that He rejoices over you with singing? And He is so delighted when you step out and you step up and you, and you just believe Him. And in the same way as your son, like my son, steps forward, there is such a delight, there's such a rejoicing. And so spiritually speaking, God has been saying to me as we rediscover the ancient paths, that the very things that have been in my heart, for them to happen, I need to step out of the way a little bit. Because he needs to grow. And other people need to grow. Am I making any sense? The problem is, thank you, the problem is with leadership can be that when people keep doing what they've always done and don't make the changes, things start getting stunted. Don't they? You actually have to step out of the way to let the person grow further. Otherwise, oh, where's that bottle? 
Otherwise, you're like the lid. You're like a cork. But you know what? The sons should always be on the shoulders of the fathers. And I'm not just talking about gender. I'm not talking gender thing here. I'm talking about that the, 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 the generation should always be on the shoulders of the next generation. Yes? And that's spiritually speaking. We should get on each other's shoulders because God has more and he has more and he's more and he has more. And I have such, what I want to say this morning is this, I have such a stirring in my spirit in the midst of the stuff that we see in our nation and the media reports and stuff, I have such a hope that is stirring in my heart, it's going to bust. Seriously. And that's why at times I've just got to go, no, I can't listen to all this other stuff. I just can't listen to it. Because I have such a hope in my spirit that God is going to do something. I have such a hope in my spirit that God is... God is going to do something, but it's going to happen in such a way that we have to be mobilized and ready. So we need to declutter our lives. We need to get rid of some stuff. We need to get back to the simple things. We need to be a presence people, and we need to be a present people. We need to turn off the TV. We need to turn off Facebook. You know what? I want to get off Facebook, but I'm trying to work out how. Because I have family and friends in Tassie and I like to share stuff with them. And, you know, some people, that's how they get their news is via Facebook. But on the other part of me, it's just like, I've had enough of it. I actually want to get rid of it. I just, this, like, there's no part of me. I want to be present-focused, not phone-focused. Anyone else? In the midst of the stuff in this world, God is trying to simplify stuff. You know, we don't need marketing. We don't need media. The early church, they, they grew like rabbits. They multiplied like rabbits and they didn't have Facebook or internet or TV or anything. I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't need to market ourselves. We just need to be. We don't need to advertise. We just need to be. And we need to trust God. There's a stripping away of things so that we can come out and we can be all that we're called to be. And for each one of you, God is speaking to you right now. I know that. When I say right now, it doesn't have to be right now at this moment. But in this time in your life, God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you about aligning yourselves, about positioning yourselves, about believing Him for the more. He's speaking and the things are happening. I've spoken to people about heart stuff and what God's doing in their heart. God is moving amongst His people and we have to take hold of those things. We have to keep the faith and we have to keep the love and we have to keep the hope and the joy. Because there's overcoming, there's conquering, there's breakthrough. But let's not just be in such of a hurry. And I even mean on a Sunday morning. Let's not be in such a hurry. Let's learn to be presence-focused and present focused. Let's allow the Lord to shape us on this journey. Let's allow Him to shape us on this journey. Because the picture I've always had is that just as the Israelites followed the Ark of the Covenant, He said, you need to follow this Ark because you've never been this way before. He's saying, you need to follow my Spirit. You need to follow my presence. You need to follow me because you've never been this way before. What a beautiful place of trust and dependency that is. To turn our eyes upon Jesus 
because we've never been this way before. So you're going to see more people sharing, you're going to see more people ministering, you're going to see more people doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm just going to be there supporting. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You are worthy. There is no one like you, Lord. We thank you that you are trustworthy. We thank you that you are safe. You are so safe. If you've been let down by man over your life, know this, that the Lord is safe. He is so safe. Can I just encourage us this morning? Let me just move this out of the way. Yeah, uh, yeah that one. Yeah. Can I just encourage you to leave your seats today? Something happens when we just come together. You know, the Word of God says that we are like living stones being built together to become a holy dwelling place for the presence of the Lord. Amen. Can I just encourage you to come and just worship together? If you need prayer, as always, there's people that will pray with you, people that will support you. If you need prayer specifically today, I reckon we should pray for Danette's foot today. We need to get rid of those crutches and we need to see complete healing in your foot. If you need prayer for anything, I just want to encourage you. I think it's just a, let's just get out of our seats. In the early church, they just sat on the ground or we kind of like blessed to have seats, I suppose. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We're just going to worship him together. Just going to worship him together. Just come and worship as brothers and sisters. 
Just come and worship his family. Just come and worship the one who is holy. Just come and worship the one who is worthy. Just come. Just come and worship him. Your presence is here.